everyone. Welcome to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We invite you to join our mission to love like Jesus, and you can connect with us on social media or visit our website, csvineyard.org. Now for this week's talk, brought to you by co-lead pastor, Amos Grunendijk. Would you guys pray with me? God, we thank you for meeting us today. And we ask for more. As some of us come here with dry spirits, we ask that you, Holy Spirit, would fill us. And we are thankful that you have come, that you came to us in the person of Jesus, and that you come to us now in the sweet presence of your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you will return. And so we look forward in hope and in joy as we pray for your kingdom to come. And we are thankful for all that you've done. And we ask you to do something today inside of each of us. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Again, thank you for joining us. This isn't a typical Sunday. We moved worship to the front and we've invited a special guest to meet us today. As some of you know, we have cake after the service. We're celebrating 30 years of existence here at the Vineyard. And I think one of the core values, the foundational beliefs here in this church is that the Holy Spirit, God's presence, uh, that often comes in power, uh, is active in the world. God is speaking through his spirit. God is uh, reviving us with his spirit. And so we're in a series called Christmas Spirit, where we are talking about the real spirit of Christmas, not the songs and the bells and the presents, but the Holy Spirit uh, that had something to do with the birth of Jesus and is his continuing presence with us today. So let me invite up our special guest, Mike Tergiano. I I called him an old guy a few weeks ago, and you guys laughed. And you're, but that's like that's an official term in the vineyard, isn't it? An OG, like uh, Mike. Well, now, well, okay. Uh, he, Mike has been in the vineyard before there was such a thing. I would say his friendship with John Wimber goes predates what the vineyard movement, as we now call it became. And so he's been faithful to Jesus for decades. And I think if there's anything to celebrate in a person, it's faithfulness to Jesus, seeking out God's voice and saying yes to it over and over and over again. So come on up, Mike. Okay. Could somebody help me with this? Yeah, I can get that for you. Okay. Hey, I, I think that, you know, congratulations are uh, in order today. Uh, this is a special day. Does anybody know what 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 the special what's special about today? No? Go like this? No? 
This is your birthday. This is the church's 30th anniversary of Chester Springs Church. I can't believe it. 30 years. I, I, I think that there's congratulations that need to go around, be spread around in this room because there are, there are, there are some of you, uh, and I, I greeted you, this, you know, a couple of you this morning that I've been here almost from the very beginning of this church. Wow. 30 years. And uh, I think the biggest congratulations go to the Palumbos. I mean... You talk about faithfulness over the long haul. That is something that is rare today. It's even, it's rare in the ministry. People lasting that long and building something. And, and hundreds and hundreds of lives over those years have been benefited from that. Yeah, I don't want to trip over that. Um, Countless. You'll never know all the stories that go back to your community. 30 years ago, I remember when they just first showed up, the Palumbo just showed up from, uh, from Colorado, right? And uh, they, we, we, we became very close friends very quickly. And I visited over the years in, in different stages of what is here now today. And I remember uh, uh, one, one visit, an early visit, we were in somebody's den. There was just, it was just, we were just sitting in a big circle. Uh, I don't know whose house that was. Uh, you know, I don't remember all the, you know, but I do remember this was the beginning of the leadership core of this church. And then the school. You know, the auditorium there. And uh, uh, during the, uh, the renewal days, you remember that one? Uh, for some of you, uh, others are thinking, what the heck is he talking about? <laughs> but all of that to say is congratulations. And I want to congratulate the great handoff. You know, the baton has been passed on to the next generation of leadership here in a, such a great way with Amos and, and Allison. And who knows? You know, there may be right now some toddler in the nursery or, uh, that will be, the baton will be handed off to that young girl or young boy, you know, 30 years from now, when you're ready to, to, to just take it easy a little bit. You don't ever really take it easy, I'll tell you. Once you're, but anyway, congratulations. Job well done. Keep it up. Keep it up. You guys are a light in this area. And you are affecting many, many lives. Good job. Good job. Well, let me see. You know what? Uh, I should have I turned on my computer while I was talking, but... There we go. You know, um, today, um, as was mentioned, I want to talk about the spirit. You know, uh, <clears throat> do you know that right now, as we sit in this place, right now, as the sound of my voice is leaving my mouth and reaching your ears in between. Do you know that right in that moment that we are surrounded right now, in this very moment, surrounded 
by God's loving presence. He's here. He's everywhere. Everywhere. There isn't a space. There isn't a space in the universe. There isn't a corner, a crevice in the universe where God isn't there. And yet we go through most of our days as if he's not around. Even those of us that are, you know, call ourselves followers of Jesus, we're so busy and so preoccupied and, and distracted that we don't realize that even on our worst day, even in our worst moments, we're being loved. We're surrounded. We're, we are swimming. We are adrift in an ocean of God's perfect love. And I want you to right now, in this moment, to wake up to that presence. Wake up right now. You are surrounded. You are being loved right now. Right now. The Holy Spirit is here. And he'll be wherever you are today. When you go off to eat, in a, you know, or after we have dinner to, together, a meal together, and you go off and watch football someplace or whatever, you, soccer or whatever else you're going to, he's there. Right now, quiet yourself. Right now, would you just relax? Try to unclutter your mind with all the business that you got going. What you got to do later what you got to do this week, the problems you have, the challenges you're facing. Could you just for a moment put those aside? Wake us up, Holy Spirit, right now to your presence, to the loving presence of our Father. You know, there's... Uh, there are some of you here today that are weary. You've come here this morning tired in your soul, in your mind, in your body. God is here for you right now. Would you just let him t be with you, touch you in your weariness? There is somebody here that has, is suffering from, a, on the right side, maybe your kidney, pain. The Lord wants to touch you, to heal you. I don't know where you're sitting, but right now, just relax and receive. There are several here this morning that come in just needing a fresh touch from God. Just to know that he's here, that he's, he's in your life right now. You just need a fresh awareness, a fresh boost in your faith. Your tank is low. Right now, he's here. For you. He knows that. And as I speak, just let him, just marinate 
in his presence. Would you? Like you're in a jacuzzi. How much work do you do in a jacuzzi to enjoy the jacuzzi? Right? You just relax. Let the jacuzzi do its job. Would you just relax right now? We are the gathered body of Christ. We are his temple. And already you could, some of you are sensing his presence, his peace, wellness coming upon you. He's ministering to you. Should I start preaching? Or do we just wait around, just relax? What a way to start our day. And you could do this every morning, actually. It's surprising to me how unfamiliar majority of Christians are with the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, and I think that's because he's shrouded with uh, so much mystery, you know, and, and, bec- and that leads to lots of, of misconceptions and doubts, and in some cases, even suspicion. You know, many, many believers, <clears throat> Christians, good people, unintentionally exclude him from their day-to-day, you know, uh, living to the, you know, to the, you know, to their own loss. Now, this is a serious problem because according to the New Testament, the Holy Spirit isn't optional. He's not an, you know, some extra uh, additive that, that spices up our everyday life, you know. Uh, <clears throat> he's the main ingredient, you know, to the Christian life. Indispensable. You know, he makes everything in the gospel livable, possible. See? It's through the Holy Spirit that we now experience God's presence closely, personally, and powerfully. Without the Holy Spirit, there, there is no Christian life. So it's essential that every follower of Jesus learns how to cooperate with his presence and his work in, in our lives. And so today, I'd like to, to, to try to clear up some of the confusion regarding the Holy Spirit and remove some of the obstacles that may be standing in the way of you living a healthy, constructive Spirit-filled life. Again, because the Spirit is invisible, mysterious, and, and, and largely misunderstood, uh, coupled with the fact of, you know, with the, with the hype 
and the weirdness associated with so-called prophets and faith healers and self-styled miracle workers, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit makes a lot of Christians uncomfortable and nervous. But in my opinion, the biggest obstacle is fear. Fear of being overcome and overtaken by some strange power. But if we're going to form an honoring, a healthy relationship with the Holy Spirit, we have to hand over the supervision and the management of our lives to him. And that is easier said than done, isn't it? That's because we humans spend a lot of time and energy trying to stay in control of things. Think about it, you know? We're trying, you know, we spend time and energy and focus and money in order you know, uh, 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 to be secure, to find security, to secure our own lives. Relinquishing control is unnerving. It's scary. We want order. (laughs) We want predictability. So what does a healthy relationship with the Holy Spirit look like? What does it mean to be filled by the Holy Spirit? Well, Paul wrote about this. He wrote to a church in Galatia about this very thing. And, and I'll, just, I'll just read you a little paragraph from that letter. It's found in Galatians, the, the fifth chapter. And Paul writes, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousies, fit of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, and drunkenness, and orgies, and the like, and on and on and on it goes. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God, but... The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I'm sitting on that phrase because we're going to come back to that. 
All right? Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Now, Paul, you know, is describing an internal struggle that we all experience as Christians. A struggle between two opposing forces, power inside of us, our human nature, our fallen human nature, our sinful human nature, and God's spirit that are sharing our existence. (laughs) With two radically different results, depending on who's in control. One, dehumanizing and destructive. The other, life-giving and fruitful. See? Now, a good way of understanding this struggle is, is to picture ballroom dancing. Has anybody ever tried ballroom dancing? We got one hand back there, oh, a few. I don't know about you guys, I found it to be one of the most difficult things. I mean, not just mentally and emotionally, but physically it was hard. It's not that easy, you know? It's really, you know, it's hard. It's all about the connection between partners. See, this connection is essential. The most difficult thing to master in ballroom dancing is not the steps, actually. It's the interaction between the partners. See, The leader controls the action and initiates the transition to different dance steps as they go along. It's impossible for two dancers in close contact to move seamlessly if each is making his own decisions, choosing, uh, you know, their own timing, and doing their steps independently. One person must take the lead and direct the moves. See, the other person must trust, pay attention, cooperate in order to keep in step. Remember Paul's words? Any inattention, any resistance, any non-cooperation or power struggle will ruin the dance. Now, did you know that there right now, at this very moment, Are you still awake to his presence, by the way? Okay. In this very moment, there's an eternal dance going on. The eternal dance of life. 
a dance of love. Some theologians call this dance perichoresis, the unending flow of selfless giving and receiving continually going on in the Trinity right now. A dance that exudes dynamic, creative, transformative energy so powerful that it spun the universe into existence. Now, using my own imagination, I see the Father, the Son, and the Spirit having a great time spinning and whirling in a beautifully choreographed, unified dance of selfless love that creates and sustains all of existence. If, that dan- if they were to stop dancing, boop, there'd be nothing. Now, this is the dance that we observe Jesus engaging in in the Gospels as a human. Jesus, while being divine, was the prototypical spirit-filled human being. The fundamental nature of his life on earth was one of total surrender and complete submission to the dance. Everything he did, teaching, healing, casting out demons, calming storms, even dying on the cross, raising and then raising from the dead, he did in cooperation and dependence on his father in the power of the Holy Spirit. The dance. And he kept in perfect step with the Spirit, displaying the fruits of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. It was all by the power of the Spirit flowing through his humanity in perfect harmony with his Father. And here is the kicker. Here is really the amazing thing. You and I have been invited into that dance. Jesus said, soon the world will, not, will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. And when I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you, and you are in the dance, and we will dance and dance and dance. Those who accept my commandments and obey, those who stay in step with the dance, are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them, and we will dance and dance and dance. (laughs) 
the triune God wants us to be his dance partners. And in this dance, the spirit is in close, intimate connection. Not just with us, but in us. Imagine that. Making his home in us. He leads, and we relinquish control and follow. Just the way Jesus did. And when we cooperate and stay in step, the results are the beautiful movement of the abundant life that Jesus promised us. The life that Jesus himself lived. Now, there's a problem. Our self-willed, sinful human natures has crippled us. See? Sin, sin, capital S sin. Not the little, you know, each, you know, big sin. Sin, our sinful nature. Right? That causes all the other sin. Sin, which I see it as the pull towards autonomy and self-sufficiency. See? has turned us into control freaks with two left feet. See? We can't dance. See? And, 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 and so this results in a power struggle that Paul was talking about. Kind of like the ugly mess that took place in my eighth grade gym class on Friday afternoons. Every week, uh, they would, uh, instead of going to our, our gym class, our normal gym class, uh, they would, uh, we would have, uh, they would get the boys and the girls together, and we would have social, dan- we'd social dancing. They'd teach us different, different, you know, dances. Now, here's how it worked. They would, uh, uh, we'd get to the gym, they'd line us up in alphabetical order. A to the front of the line, Z to the back of the line, right? Boys on one, and then we pair off. Now, Tergiano, that's my, I'm T. I'm at the end of press, Harvey Press. He was at the end of the line. And every Friday, guess what happened? There was always more boys than girls. <laughs> you get the picture? Two 14-year-old boys... Who's going to be, who, you know, like, we're, we're going to dance together? Who's going to lead, you know? And it would be, it would be an ugly mess. We'd end up actually literally wrestling on the floor. We'd get into a fight and get thrown out of the gym class. Every week we'd end up in the same mess. Power struggle between 14-year-olds. It was not dancing with the stars, by no means. Now, you see, I've made an important discovery over the years. Keeping in step with the Spirit is more about uh, not doing than doing. 
that's like, wow, counterintuitive paradox. It's more about me not doing than me doing. It's actually the paradox of being filled with the Spirit that Paul talks about in Ephesians 18. Be filled. And that, that word filled in the original Greek, you know, I used to think, but well, be filled. Belly up to the bar and chug a lug as much of the spirit as you can get and you will get filled and you will become bigger and stronger and more spiritual and you'll be able to leap tall buildings in a single bound and race locomotives and just be super spiritual. Chug a lug the spirit. Get more of him. I was wrong. That's not what that word actually means. It actually carries the connotation of continually be, live under the influence, under the power of, under the control of another. So what Paul is saying, continually live your life under the control, not under the control of wine, which he says will lead to drunkenness and all that, but live your life under the control, continually, day, by, that's a day-by-day, moment-by-moment thing, under the influence, under the control of the Holy Spirit. Stay in step, continually. That's what that means, see? <clears throat> I discovered that being filled with the Spirit was not about him, um, not about me getting more of him. It was him getting more of me. Okay? It's a matter of letting go. It's a matter of uh, 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 letting go of self-reliance and self-control. The opposite to how I've been programmed. The opposite of how we've been programmed, you know, as Americans, independent, free thinkers. Nobody's going to control me, you know. And the more we resist that, I'm going to uh, cut this uh, 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 a little bit short, but the more that that we resist that, the worse the dance gets. The more we lose out. The more out of control our life becomes. It's kind of like water skiing. Has there, we have any water skiers here? I'll tell you what. I didn't do, grow up water skiing. I tried it once, and it was a disaster. Because I thought, well, you know, I looked, I saw, it looks like you pull yourself up on those, you know, you get behind that boat, grab a hold of the lines, muscle your way up, and then you ski. Well, I tried it that way, and man, what a mess. You know, the motor started, I, the, I felt the pull of the boat and everything, so I grabbed the hole and I ran, and I went flying across the water, just tumbling all over the place. I wouldn't let go. That was another bad thing. I wanted to stay in control. And blam, 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 all across the water. And I tried it again. And I tried it again. Same results. And by the time, about the fourth time, I'm wore out. I am so weary. I could hardly feel my arms. I could hardly hold on to that thing. And I was just bobbing in the water. And I give it one more try. And I was so tired, I couldn't pull myself up anymore. I just was in the, at the mercy of the water in the boat. And, and as the motion, as the boat started to go, and I was so tired, I just let the boat do its job. I just let the water. Water. I just let, let, I let go of self-control and 
bam, I was up on my skis. And I was actually water skiing. I was letting the boat, the skis, the water do their job, you know, and I just relaxed and let it happen. And I find that that's the way it is with me and, and the Holy Spirit. I got sometimes I, my self-will, my need for control makes a mess out of things. See? Well, one final, final thing, okay? Uh, you know, if you're going to be good dancers, we have to be people of prayer. If we're going to be, uh, <clears throat> you know, prayer is not the way we control things. It's the way we participate in the dance. You see, prayer is how we pay attention and follow the Spirit's lead. You see, it's prayer is how we wake up to his presence in our life, in our everyday, you know, routines. Prayer, prayer. We have to pray, see? And as we pray, the Holy Spirit shows us you know, you know, sometimes he speaks through his, his word. Sometimes there's the whispers of the spirit deep down inside of us. But he, uh, he shows us um, uh, step by step how to fulfill God's plans and his purposes in our everyday lives. Prayer. Essential. Now, as I've been talking, uh, some of you here uh, have been aware or starting to, um, <clears throat> you've been feeling a strange sense of well-being, uh, uh, a strange warmth or encouragement or, I don't know, maybe you want to call it hopefulness coming on you, you know? I think that that's God's heavenly music playing in your heart right now. That big yes, like, yeah, I want to live that way. I, I, I want that. And there's a, a sense of, yes, hopefulness and, and, and encouragement right now. Even though your life might not be so great. Right now, you start, you're feeling that. That's the spirit inviting you to step onto the dance floor with him. Okay. Until now, maybe you've not known you could fill, you know, you could be filled with this God's spirit this way, or maybe you've you've been too uninterested or too shy or too afraid or misinformed, or maybe you've just forgotten. But nevertheless, the Holy Spirit right now is saying, come, come, let's dance. See? And so the invitation right now is to hand over control and let him lead the dance so that you can enjoy it. So you can enjoy what it means to be a spirit-filled human being.
living life with God's presence with you. Even, even, you know, it doesn't mean happy, 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 success, success, success every day. It doesn't mean that. It just means a, a sense of well-being through it all. The, be, the good, the bad, and the ugly that life is. So would you stand with me right now? Some of you right now, I want, again, could you just let go? Just relax. You don't have to do anything. We don't work up the Holy Spirit. We receive. We let the boat, the skis, the water do their job. We relax in the jacuzzi. Come, Holy Spirit, now. Thanks again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.